So the title this morning, what's the big deal about Easter? What's the big deal about Easter? What's the big deal? Okay, I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you want to get your Bibles ready. And I'm just going to read two scriptures this morning. What's the big deal about Easter? It seems almost everyone I know is celebrating Easter or Resurrection Day. Um, if they don't worship God, they still buy candy. They're still celebrating. Okay, I know that because we had to fight them off when we were buying candy Friday night. They have egg hunts, and they dress up. And look at me, I even have a tie on today. Pretty awesome, huh? I have my jacket already. I was going to wear, wear a suit coat. I was just going to do it. And then these lights get really hot up here, and I just I wimped out, I guess. There have been movies made about Easter. There have been Easter parades. Um, there have been Easter pageants. But why? Okay, why? What's the big deal about Easter? Is it because it's the first day of spring, kind of, you know, unofficial? Is it because the weather starts to turn? Is it because ladies can wear white shoes now? You're impressed I knew that, didn't you? Okay, at Easter you can wear white shoes. So what's the big deal? I'm going to do my best today to answer that question. What's the big deal about Easter? And um, I'm going to make sure before we leave today that every one of us in this room understand the big deal about Easter. You might think you knew. Maybe you'll learn some things today. Maybe you'll be reminded of what you already know. I'm going to, I want to look at these two scriptures today in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. If you take the entire Word of God, the entire Bible, and you condense it into two scriptures, the whole Bible is right here in these two scriptures today. If you want to know what the Bible says, the whole Bible, if you want to save time and not read it, I, I'm not giving you license to do that, okay? But, but if you want to save time, here it is. Here it is, okay? For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. So the Apostle Paul says, this is the most important thing I can tell you. Here it is. That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. That's the entire Bible right there. Christ died, he was buried, and he was raised to life. That's the word of God, and we're going to be looking at that today. So Jesus died, point number one, verse three, Jesus died. Why? Why did Jesus have to die? What's the big deal anyhow? Well, because there has always been and always will be a penalty for sin. The Bible tells us that Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You say, Pastor Dan, I didn't dress up on an Easter morning to come here and have somebody tell me that I sinned in my life. Well, wake up and smell the coffee, okay? We have all sinned, okay? How many of you have been perfect your whole life? Okay, this deals with you. So we all have sinned. And then if you raise your hand, you're proving that you sinned. <laughs> and then Romans 6.23 says this, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, that, that one verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In other words, we have consequences for our sins. Jesus had to die to take care of the consequences for our sins. So let me put it this way. Maybe, maybe you can understand that. This. If I would offer to pay you $1,000 to mow my lawn, how many of you do it? 
Okay, you, you, you'd have to go see Marsha. She's the one that has all the money. It's amazing. Marsha always has no money until I run out of money, and all of a sudden she finds money. Okay, I don't get that. So when you're done mowing my lawn, there's going to be a knock at my door, and it's going to be you, and I'm going to open the door, and I'm going to say, what do you want? Well, Pastor Dan, you promised to pay me $1,000 wages to mow your lawn. He said, I earned those wages. I did the job, and I earned that. And then Marcia would give you $1,000. She'd reach into her pocket. What's that have to do with Easter? Because all of us have sinned. All of us earned wages for our sin actions. Some of us have earned a lot of wages from our sin actions. How many of you say amen? That person beside me. We have done wrong, been wrong, have not lived according to the scriptures. We can try to justify our actions. We can rationalize it. We can say this is the 21st century. We can say everybody else is doing it. We can come up with every excuse in the world. But when we do anything contrary to God's word, there's going to be a wage that's going to be have, to have to pay. And the wages of sin is death. Okay. Jesus died so he could pay the wage instead of us paying the wage. Jesus loves us so much, he did not want us to die because of the consequences of our sin. So he came, he died, so that he could pay the consequences for our sin, so we wouldn't have to. Isn't that awesome? And the gift of God is eternal life. Now here's the cool thing about the gift. The Bible says, it's a gift. Eternal life is a gift. It's not a wage. You cannot earn it. Eternal life is free. If we receive Jesus, you can't earn it. You can't do anything to earn it. Like today, my grandkids are coming over, and we're going to give them Easter baskets. Because they're good? No. Because they're, they, they always treat us well? No. Why do we give it to them? We give it to them because we love them, because they're our grandchildren, because we want to bless them. It's a gift. That Easter bag is a gift, absolutely. And by the way, Wes, I don't have any for my children. <laughs> if we had to earn eternal life by being good, guess what? None of us would make heaven. Well, that wasn't very nice. Well, come on. I'm, I'm saying none of us. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an us. The Bible says there's only been one that's good, and that's God. And besides that, if we could earn eternal life by something we do on this earth, then Jesus died for nothing. He went through all that pain and suffering for nothing. So why did Jesus have to die? I want to answer the song. Why did Jesus have to die? He died because I sinned. There's a consequence for my sin. Because Jesus loves me, he died. He took the consequence so that I wouldn't have to carry the consequence. That's why Good Friday is called good. It wasn't so good for Jesus, but it was sure good for me because that meant I don't have to die because of all the sins that I've committed in my life. Jesus 
paid my sin. He took my place. He was my substitute as he hung upon that cross. Awesome. And by the way, make no mistake about it, the Roman soldiers did not kill Jesus. He laid down his life. He willingly gave his life. It's like he walked up to, you know, carrying the cross. He walked up to Mount Calvary and he just laid down and said, this is the only way, this is the best way I know how to show my love. And he laid on that cross. And believe me, the Bible says he could have called thousands of angels. Do you really think the Roman soldiers were stronger than Jesus and all the angels of heaven? Absolutely, there's no way. But Jesus willingly gave his life so that I don't have to pay the consequence for my sin. There's an old song back in the 60s. How many of you remember the 60s? How many of you lived in the 60s, but you don't remember the 60s? Okay, <laughs> that's another story altogether, isn't it? There was a song that said, Lord, remind me of where you have brought me from and where I could have been. And since the 60s, that song comes back to me every once in a while as I'm alone with God, and God reminds me where I would have been without him. God reminds me what direction I would have been going. And believe me, I wouldn't be standing up here today. But it's by the mercy of God, the grace of God, and because Jesus Christ on Good Friday took the wages of sin that Dan Deem should have had. Hallelujah. I love Good Friday. But is that enough that Jesus died? Not for me. Let's read on in our, our text today. Jesus died, according to the scriptures, verse 4, and he was buried. He was buried. Believe me, as brutal as the Romans were back then in history, Jesus died. I just said he, they didn't kill him because he laid down his life, but they still took his, his physical life. Make no mistake about it. The way the, the customs were of that day, if they did not kill Jesus, they would be killed. They made sure Jesus died so that they would not be killed themselves. So why is Jesus' de death so important? Well, let's use some logic here. Jesus could never be raised from the dead if he never died. Okay? So he had to die so he could be raised from the dead. He had to die for my sins, but then he had to die so he could be resurrected, which takes us to the third point today. Jesus was resurrected. He was raised to life. None of us were there. This might give us an idea of what it was like. He's come back. He's not gone. He's resurrected, raised from the dead. This is exciting. Um, the, the angel said to Mary, when Mary went to the tomb, and I love this scripture, I use it every Easter, and the angel said to her, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you coming to a cemetery to see someone who's alive? Because Jesus Christ is absolutely alive. And how is Jesus alive? Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came and breathed life into him. And when the power of the Holy Spirit went into his body, he was raised from the dead. And you say, what does that mean for you and me? I'm glad you asked that question. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 8, and I want to read it to you. And it says this, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Church, I want you to hear me today. Jesus was raised to life. Okay, he, he, he died on the cross. He was buried in the grave. The Holy Spirit began to breathe in him. And now the Bible says, 
if the same Spirit, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, then when we die, the Holy Spirit is going to breathe life into us as well, and we are going to be resurrected from the dead. Easter Day, Resurrection Day, is not just that Jesus is alive, but it's a reminder that when we leave this planet Earth, that we are going to be resurrected and going to heaven as well. And I don't know about you, but that's exciting, and I can only imagine what that's going to be like. I can't wait for that day. Now, how, how do I get the Holy Spirit in me? How, how does this happen? Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Let me, let me just read that to you, and it tells you exactly how. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If, if we are totally sincere, and with our mouth we say, I don't understand all about it, I don't get it all, but I know that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart, and I, I receive Jesus, I will be saved. And when I die, I'm going to be never more alive than I am at that moment. I can only imagine what that's going to be like. There's only two ways that we're going to get to heaven after we receive Jesus. You ready for this? Two ways to get to heaven after we receive Jesus. One, you have to die. Isn't that exciting? You have to die. The Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In other words, today, today, I could give my life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes inside of me. If I would die in an hour, that I'm going to die, but I'm not going to die on this earth. I mean, I'm not going to be just dead, dead. I'm going to, my spirit is going to be raised to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever because his spirit is inside of me. So we have to die. Or if we can just hold out long enough, we don't know when this is going to be. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming back for his his people, his children, his church. And one of these days, the, the sky is going to break open and the trumpet's going to sound and the Lord's going to descend. And all of a sudden, every believer in the world, planet Earth, is going to be raised up to go meet with Jesus in the air. That's going to be awesome. And that's all because of Resurrection Day. Wouldn't it be a terrible feeling if that would happen this morning and everybody was gone except you? But you know what? That's going to happen someday, somewhere. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And today on Resurrection Day, this is our reminder that if I just believe that He is Lord and I really understand it and I ask Him to, to be my Lord and Savior, forgive me of my sins, to take the wages of my sin, to take the penalty of my sin, and I, I receive Christ as my Lord, then I don't have to live in any fear whatsoever. I know that when that day comes, either I'm, I'm going to die or the Lord's coming back, I know that I'm going to be with Jesus. And I'm telling you what, honestly, sincerely, I've, had, I, I've done some, some pretty bad things in my life. How about you? But I know that they've all been forgiven. And I know that if I die today, I'm going to be in heaven. And my kids know that if I die today, they don't have to wonder where dad is because they know that he's with the Lord. So why don't you, if you don't do it for you, how about you do it for your family that they don't have to say, oh, did he make it? They can know because we've given our life to Jesus. That's pretty awesome. See, here's what Jesus said. He said about the resurrection in John chapter 11. This, this is a great verse in verse 25. He said this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. That's a strange scripture, isn't it? They will, um, he who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he said, do you believe this? Here's what the Lord is saying. I might die physically, but our spirit lives eternally. 
And I might die on this earth, but I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord instantly. And that's what Resurrection Day is all about. And I'm excited about that. And by the way, who do you want to see when you get there? You can only imagine. Of course we want to see Jesus. He's going to be meeting us. And we're going to see colors we've never seen before. We're going to see incredible things. We're going to have family members up there. Some of us have lived so long, they're going to think we didn't make it. Think about it. Jesus is preparing a home for us in heaven now. Here's Good Friday and Easter in a nutshell. You ready for one little sentence? What, what is Good Friday? What is Good Friday? Good Friday means I'm not going to hell. Jesus paid for my sins. He took the wages. Good Friday means I'm not going to hell, but Easter means I'm going to heaven. Good Friday says, my, the wages of my sin have been paid. I'm not going to hell, but I'm not just going to be like an animal and I'm buried in the ground and that's the end of it. Okay, Good Friday, I'm not going to hell, but Easter means I'm going to heaven. It's not enough just not to go to hell. We want to go to heaven, don't we? do we not? And we're going to have both because of Good Friday and Easter and they're all wrapped together. And whether we go to heaven or hell is totally dependent upon your choice, my choice, whether we're going to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or not. And it's all based on love. Good Friday is based on love. Jesus hung there and he, because he loved us. And he was resurrected on Easter because he loved us. And if God didn't love us, he would be, we would be toast. Imagine if God was as strong and powerful that we know he is. And imagine if God was bad. And every time we messed up, smash like a bug. Well, I'd be preaching to an empty house. And Marsha looked at me like, Dan, you wouldn't be here either. Okay, I just, just see the look on her face. It's hilarious. I want to look at two characters from the Easter story that all of us have heard of. We've all heard of Peter, and we've all heard of John. And in, in, at the Last Supper on Thursday night before Jesus was crucified on Friday, this is the night before, Jesus is with his disciples, and he said, all of you, are going to deny me. Peter, being Peter, says, Lord, I love you. And I love you more than everybody else. I'm paraphrasing. I love you more than all these other disciples. And every one of them might deny you, but I'm not going to deny you. I am totally dedicated to you. I'm sold out to you. I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Every ounce of energy inside of me loves you. I love you, Jesus. I am not going to deny you. I love you. I love you. I love you. It's awesome to love the Lord like that. There's John. John had a different take on Jesus. John, instead of John saying, I love you, Jesus, John said, Jesus loves me. Even when he wrote about himself in the Gospel of John, instead of saying me or my or, or John, he would say, the one that Jesus loved. He knew that Jesus loved him. Folks, here, here, here we go. What's the significance of this? Because when we fail, when we're in trouble, when we blow it, if, if my relationship with Jesus is based on how much I love him, do not feelings come and go? And there's going to come time in your life where, man, I, I don't know if, if I do love, you know, I, I love him, but I don't like him very much, you know? But when I'm convinced that Jesus loves me, 
I receive strength. I receive assurance. I am convinced that Jesus loves me. I know he will never leave me. He will not forsake me. His love for me is unconditional. There's nothing I can do to make God not love me. When I'm convinced of that, then when I'm in trouble, I rely on God's love for me rather than my love for him. And folks, today we need to be convinced that Jesus loves me. Wouldn't that be a great song? Jesus loves me. This I know. Sing it. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. That night, Peter ended up denying Jesus three times. Three times he denied Jesus in one night. And here's why. Because for a moment, for a moment, his fear of man was greater than his love for Jesus. That's the only way, that's the only reason it happened. His fear of man was greater than his love for Jesus. John, on the other hand, John, John de denied and, and he, he did some crazy things. But John picked himself up and he came back and he ministered to Jesus. And if you know the story, John is the only disciple that was, was kneeling there as Jesus hung up on the cross. All the other disciples were out hiding somewhere, but John was there because he knew that Jesus loved him. Jesus loved him. Our love for God needs to be based, it needs to be based on how much Jesus loves us. There's a, a scripture, John also wrote it in 1 John chapter 4. I'm taking pieces of two verses, and here's what John says. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Folks, to love God, I understand why we love God. He's the creator. He, he, he's the healer. He's the all-powerful one. He died for my sins. He's coming back for me. I can understand how I love God, but there are times when I really mess up in my life, and I look inside, and I say, but why on earth does God love me? I need to be convinced that God loves me. He can't love me anymore. He can't love me any less. He's God. He loves you. Would you... What'd you do last night that you're not, that you're embarrassed about? Don't answer me. But I want you to, I'm, I'm being serious here because we do stuff. And the devil makes us feel like we're a zero and he makes us feel like we're, we're not worthy of God's love or, or our, our heart for God is not sincere. No, my relationship with God is not just me loving him, but I have to understand that he loves me. And that's what Good Friday is all about. That's what Easter is all about because God loves me. And this verse goes on in John, we love him because he first loved us. That's, that's the, only, the only way any of us could ever love God is because he loved us first. That's the only way, the only way any of us are going to get to heaven is because God loved us first. That's it. That's resurrection. That's what it's all about. And God does not love you for what you do. God loves you because of what he does and what does God do? God loves. That's what he does. 1 John 4, 7, 8, God is love. God is love. God is love. God is love. He's just love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. They're, they're, God is love. And that's the message of Good Friday and the message of Easter. It's a message of love. 
And the question is, will, will you accept that love today? Have you ever sinned? God loves you. Have you ever sinned since you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? God loves you. He loves you. Don't point at somebody else. Point yourself, my friend. And the Apostle Paul probably said it the best. In Romans 8, 39, nothing can separate us from his love. Isn't that awesome? Nothing can separate. I don't care what you have done. It doesn't matter. God loves you. That's what Easter is. That's what it's all about. God's love. God gave his life for us. This past Friday, the churches in Louisville met together for a passion walk. And we walked through the city of Louisville. We're following someone that uh, was a symbol of Jesus carrying a cross. We stopped at seven different locations to talk about what Jesus did at certain times on that Good Friday. We ended up here at Louisville first as we read, as Pastor Sammy actually read the scripture of Jesus dying for our sins. Along the route, a girl in front of me, a young woman I went to high school with, her name is Rita, and I hope if Rita's watching this on Facebook, she's okay with me using this. And Rita and I went to high school together back, back in the day, and it's just nice to see somebody that many years ago still loving Jesus. It's really pretty awesome. It's the keeping power of God. And I said, Rita, I haven't talked to you much. Tell me about your, your kids and all. And she said, my youngest daughter was diagnosed with kidney failure when she was nine years old. And we knew she was going to need some assistance. When she was 14, she needed a kidney replacement. And she said, my husband was half match, and he gave a kidney to our daughter. I said, man, that's, that's the highest degree of love I could think of. So I told Rita. She said, that kidney lasted 20 years. And four years ago, our daughter needed another kidney. And she said, I was tested. And I was also half match, good enough. And she said, four years ago, I gave a kidney so my daughter could live. And I was fighting the tears. I said, Rita, I, I said, I can't, I can't imagine the feeling you must have had to bring life to your daughter. She says, the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. She said, it was, it was the most amazing thing that I could do that for my daughter. Since Friday, I've been thinking about Rita's story. Imagine Jesus. He didn't give a kidney. He didn't give a lung. He gave his blood. He gave it all. Not for one child. Not for two children. Not just for those in this room. But the blood of Jesus covered the sin of every human being, uh, every human being on this planet Earth. And all we have to do is accept his love to stop doing things our way. How's that working out for you, by the way? And we need to turn our life over to Jesus. And when we do that, we get to receive the power of forgiveness, the power of Jesus coming and taking the penalty of our sin. And an old song we used to sing in church, I remember when my burdens rolled away. And I'll tell you what, God wants to set us free and just take that burden of sin away from our life today.
That's the message of Good Friday. That's the message of Easter.